Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for just the future looking bright with the individuals that were up here, Lord. So Lord, we ask that you continue to have your way throughout this service, surrendering the rest of the service over to you so that you will be glorified. So take me, use me as a tool. It's my mind and my mouth to remember and to speak it. But we ask that you have your way. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for who you are. So prepare our hearts in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 So normally, you know, y- y'all are standing. So while you see the gifts, stop high five with somebody and say, God is good. <laughs> so with the 25 minutes I have, we're going to go through this real fast. You know, this is um, like James Gerard say, I, I love Easter. You know, Easter is the reason why we can have Christmas. My daughter said, well, if he wasn't born, then, you know, we wouldn't have today. I said, yeah, but if he wasn't resurrected, then his birth would mean nothing. You know, that's one of the significance about, you know, the, the birth, you know. So I, I love this, but Easter, you know, Resurrection Sunday is a great time. And I remember growing up, take, my parents used to take us. How many of you from the city? So you, you're with me when I say Delancey Street. Yes. Right? Right? So they, you know, get, get ready for church. Where are we going? Delancey Street, get the suit, because my dad had mad kids. And my dad had mad kids, so you know, I get suits for really inexpensive. It wasn't cheap in quality, but it's inexpensive. So we would go, and it'd be a whole day, because you got to go, pick out your suit, right? Get measured so you can get hemmed, and then we'll walk down to Cat's Deli, right? Who's with me, Cat's Deli? I remember. Um, see, this is some of the things y'all lost out living on Long Island. But I remember it, you know, we, we used to get dowled up, you know, to get, get ready, my, get ready, dressed for my parents to get ready. We go outside, especially on a sunny day, like I was upset today. Because, you know, every, every Easter Sunday, you got to get the flicks on. You know, right? So back in the days, we used to pose like this, remember those? Right? Remember, remember back in the days, had the gazelles on, remember the gazelles? Yeah, I'm da- I know I'm dating myself, but remember the gazelles, Right? And we used to get it in, you know, like Kumo, you know, like Kumo D and Run, Run DMC. You know, if I rule the world. See, but it got, uh, the sad thing about it is Resurrection Sunday became so commercialized. You know, it became more about, you know, getting a nice outfit. You know, the barbershops were full. It became more about getting a nice dress for the ladies, right, getting the, the dress, getting their hair dead, and, if, and for us guys, we were kind of happy. We look outside, it says it's going to be raining, So because most people are like, okay, I'm not going to get my hair dead because it's going to rain, but some of y'all got to get your hair dead, like, right? <laughs> get the shoes, look nice, got Easter baskets, chocolate, painted eggs, and sometimes we get caught up, and, 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 and it's not done on purpose, but this is a routine, and it becomes habitual, and next thing you know, okay, why are we here? Why are we in, in, in this building praising and worshiping and saying, hallelujah. I know I can't sing. But we're here doing that. And we sometimes forget the story behind the resurrection. 
See, we know when we think about the resurrection, we think about you know, Jesus the victor, Jesus the conqueror. We think about how, how death doesn't have a sting anymore. We think about that, that, that we are, we are, that God, Jesus is on the right hand of the Father talking about me and petitioning for Jamar Bernard and why I'm worthy. But do we look at the story? See, because as, as, as ambassadors for Christ, sometimes we can't start off by saying, well, let me tell you about this Jesus who died on the cross, rose from the grave, and is in heaven now. Because for a non-believer, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Oh, you believe in that Jesus guy. You believe in, in, in this individual called, called Jesus. And when, you, when you, we really got to look at it, it's okay, maybe there's a story that we can say that leads up to this thing called the cross. Maybe there's something that, that God was putting into place as things led up to this cross that really will resonate with individuals. See, in a book by the name of, uh, by a gentleman by the name of Ravi Zachariah, he wrote this book called Walking from East to West. And in this book, he cites four absolutes that we as individuals, we all need answers for. Even to this day, we have questions about those four absolutes. We wrestle with these four absolutes. You know, but God is a good God. Amen? Tell me, say, say, God is a good God. And because of how good he is, he's not only a good God, but he's a strategic God. Say to neighbor, say neighbor. He's not just a good God. He's a strategic God. And what do I mean by that? Because if you read the Bible, if you're familiar with this text, this word, this, this, this very thing that builds the foundation of our lives, we look at something that was happening. We have Genesis story, creation. We have the fall. And then we end up at this place called the Gospels and how God redeemed it. But he said this was chosen at the foundation of the world. So God was doing some things. You read uh, books like Luke. And he starts talking about in the days of, of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate was in place that God had placed Jesus in a, 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 a time that was conducive for the cross. See, God was intentional. Think about this. If God would have placed Jesus in a time prior or after, would Jesus have ended at that cross? Some of the questions I ask. But there's four things that we deal with in absolute. And I believe that those four questions was answered only at Calvary. These four questions were only answered at the cross. Number one, the question of evil. You have individuals using evil to disqualify or disprove the existence of God. They said, if there's evil, there can't be a God. And you've heard, you've heard me say this before. Right? So at, at the cross, and, 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 and my t the title of my message is called The Convergence. So the first thing that converged at the cross, and we're going to break it down, is evil. Second thing was love. Third is unforgiveness. And fourth is justice. We're going to break it down. So let's look at evil. Once again, people say, oh, you can't be evil. See, but God was, was so strategic in doing certain things that he knew that you're going to go through certain things. He knew that you're going to, you're going to end up in with issues 
To the point where Jesus said this to this disciple. He said, look, I'm letting you know that, that there's some inevitable that's going to happen in your life. You're going to have some hard times. You're going to have some stress. He said, but be, be of good cheer. Now imagine you having a conversation with Jesus. Right? Jesus the man. Raising Lazarus from the dead. Mixing water into wine. I think, no, let me stop. Let me behave. So he's mixing water into wine. Right? Healing the blind. Healing the lame. Dealing with an issue of blood, right? He raised another little boy from the dead. And now Jesus is coming to talk to you like, look, I'm leaving. Some things going on. But I'm going to leave. But be of good cheer. You're going to be going through some stuff. How many of you would have had a, a, a good time with that? Like, okay, God, you're good. How many of you would have said God is good? How many of you say, Jesus, you're, you're the man? Come on, Jesus is telling you after all this that you're going to go through some problems. You're going to go through some issues. He lets you know that evil is prevalent within this world and this society. But he's going to tell you to be happy. So, man, you better go ahead. I was with you to that God. See, but I'll give you a statement. Robbie Zachariah said this. He said, if there's evil, there's good. Right? Because you can't know evil without knowing good. Right? You can't understand a crooked line without understanding a straight line. So, if there's evil, there's good. If there's good, there's a moral law. If there's a moral law, there's a moral law giver. We believe that's God. So the very thing that they use to disqualify it is not accurate. And I love it. So let's go, let's go through this. Evil entered the world once sin entered. See, but God created a system designed to resolve the evil. And the main ingredient for this concoction that God created, this, 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 this whole system of redemption, of the resurrection, was stemmed and based on love. And why is that so necessary? Because whenever you're cooking something, you have a main ingredient. Think about this. For my islanders, you can't cook curry chicken without curry. Right? You can't, you, no, you can't. You could just have some chicken with some seasoning. But you can't have some good curry chicken, especially, you know, there's certain curries that you have to use. You know, my mother makes us go all the way to Brooklyn in Canarsie and go to this one specific place because they, you got to get the curry with the Indian head on it. The chief, the Indian chief. So if you know about curry and you know about this stuff, see, so if you don't have that one ingredient, you're going to be missing out. And think about this. So when we look at the convergence, we would look at what God was doing. The main ingredient was this thing called love. Because only love can combat evil. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. See, because we saw evil in the heart of man at the crucifixion. Right? Think about it. They said, the punching power said, this is an innocent man. But you choose. Paul says if they knew what they were doing, they would have never crucified him. Number two, love in the heart of God who gave his only son. See, because God's immediate response to evil and sin was love. With love, he, con he didn't condemn us. I love it. In, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, he says, he says, but God showed his great love. What kind of love? Great. What kind of love? Talk back to me. What kind of love? Great. 
See, because we have those individuals, and, and, and they'll tell you, like, oh, I love you. I'm like, I just met you. Like, I, you got those individuals always tell you, oh, I love you. I love you, man. No, so then you get that, that, that response, I love you too. <laughs> we, come on, we all got that individual, that, that person we know, that always trying to love somebody. I'm like, okay, yeah, I love you too. You know, even the worst is when they text you it. But I love you, man. I'm like, man, how do I respond? But God said, no matter what you say, he said, it says, God showed his what kind of love? For us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. You, have, you see the pattern? There's a great love. There's a deep love. So loved the world. He doesn't say he loved the world. He says, so loved the world. So, evil, love, Number three, forgiveness. Forgiveness through the grace of Christ. And what do I mean by that? Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 33. And I love this because thank God Jamal was not on the cross. Thank God. I'd have been get me down from here. I don't even think I would have made it to the cross. You heard me last year's uh, uh, Easter service. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Pastor Jamal would have said, Father, crucify them. <laughs> I'm telling you, we wouldn't have be having church if Pastor Jamal was up there. Think about how he was treated. Look, 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 look on, on a serious note, his manhood was stripped from him. Come on, man. You know, you, men, I'm talking to men. We're walking around. Let somebody look at us sideways. We walk, especially when we got our girl with us. Right? We got to walk you know, a certain way. You might even throw a bop in there when you were going to certain hoods. Like, right? Come on now. I'm telling the truth. And let somebody, let somebody spit on you. That's the ultimate sign of disrespect. Oh, man. <laughs> Man, we'd be fighting. I'd have, even if I'd have got jumped and beat up. Ain't nobody spitting on me. Because of your manhood. And here it is. Jesus is, 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 is there, bearing it all. Allowing the individuals to beat him, mock him, spit on him, disrespect him. And what is driving him? The love for man. And what does he say? Forgive them. For they don't know what they do. See, because forgiveness is shown based on the love you have for the individual you're forgiving. I'll say that again. Forgiveness is shown based on the level of love you have for the individual. The more you love them, the more you want to forgive them. The more you love him, the more you, the, the deeper the desire is. And he says, that's when you say he has such great love. So he so loved the world. There was such a love that he was able from the bottom of his heart to truly forgive these individuals. So evil converts at the cross. Love converts at the cross. Forgiveness converts at the cross. And number four, justice converge at the cross. 
justice as the law was satisfied. Why? Because if you read the scripture, Paul has a, has a, has a, a discussion with some of the disciples. And he's saying to the disciples, he says, look, I don't know what, what you're, you're not understanding. There's a need for this thing called grace. This is Jamalism. There's, this thing, uh, there's a need for this thing called the cross. There's a thing for the need for this resurrection. He said, because what the law did, couldn't do, this grace did. He said, well, he said, because the law, all the law did was show how sinful we were. He said, there was nothing wrong with the law. There was, the, the law was actually perfect in his, in, in his, uh, in, in, in his system. He said, but all it did was show us that we, we were sinful. He said, but this thing called grace came and justified me so that I know I could walk into the presence of this almighty God. I'm, I'm going to read what I wrote here. Though he received so much injustice when he was crucified, he received justice for all when he rose from that grave. He defeated the enemy on our behalf, took on our punishment, and demolished our condemnation. He paid a debt that we owed and couldn't pay. So those four things converged and led to this thing called the resurrection. And I'm telling you, if you allow the four things to converge in your life, you'll see yourself resurrected. You'll see what you're doing resurrected. This is the guy. He, he, he has power over death. So there's some dreams that you've been dealing with that needs to be resurrected. There's some ideas that need to be resurrected. There's some relationships that need to be resurrected. Some might need to die off. <laughs> but when you walk, follow this God that we serve, this resurrection power, just in the name of this Jesus. Let's, 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 as I come to a close, we can learn from Jesus' convergence to resurrection, and we can apply the same convergence into our lives today and find resurrection in our own lives. There's four things that we need to do. Number one, we need to acknowledge evil. We have to acknowledge evil. There's evil in this world. We can't be Christians and be naive and say, no, there's no evil. Don't worry, God is good. God is in control. No, there's some evil. Let's deal with it. Let's understand. Let's, let's watch people. Let's help people go through this process. People are hurting out there. And we so, so quickly want to defend this God we serve and we ignore the, 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 the issues that people are going through. I wrote this down. The evil that surrounds us, we have to acknowledge and understand that even though we may experience evil and bad things, God has a master plan. Even if we experience it, it's going to happen. Jesus warned us. He said, God has a master plan. He's not shocked or thrown off by the unfortunate events that take place in your life. Not only did he know they were coming, but he built you to be able to withstand and overcoming. So if God's not shocked, see that's why I said when people say, oh God's good, is God really good? Do you really believe that? Because if he's really good and he's involved in your life, then your life will turn out really good. In spite of. So number one, acknowledge evil. Number two, embrace love. We have to embrace love. 
We have to. And I'll tell you, remember, I told you in February, I used to, I wrestled with this whole idea of love. My mother brought us up and raised us to, to not always say I love you to somebody because they, they, people felt that when you love somebody, it was a sign of vulnerability. But love does not equate to vulnerability. Love is a part of something that, 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 that God has called us to do. You can love and protect. You can love and, and create distance. That's one of the biggest ways you protect yourself when you're loving somebody that is hard to love. We all have people that's hard to love. And sometimes that person is us. So embrace love by benefiting others at the expense of yourself. Begin really practicing generosity in all that you do. You will find the path you walk to become much lighter, filled with more peace as you take focus off of yourself and place it back on God and loving others. As you look out for others, as you look out for your brothers and sisters, God will look out for you. I'm telling you, I experienced this myself. Plenty of times I've been challenged to give what I didn't want to give. And I gave it, and God came with something better. See, because what happens is, let me tell you the way God works. If your hands are so filled, which you don't want to get rid of, you can't receive what he wants to give you. If your hands are so full of the very thing you don't want to get rid of, you can't have room to receive. <laughs> so number one, acknowledge the evil. Number two, embrace the love. Number three, extend forgiveness. Forgive yourself and others. Stop condemning yourself. It happened. Let it go. Learn from it. Become better. Stop beating yourself up for your mistakes. Forgive yourself and others. Don't give the power to other people by holding on to the wrong they have done to you. When you live in unforgiveness, you are actually empowering the person who did you wrong instead of releasing them. Let it go. Don't seek revenge. Number four. Number four. Receive the justice that God died and rose for. God justified you. In spite of what you feel, in spite of what you go through, in spite of, you know, it, it, that's why I love it. You know, a part of receiving justice is believing that you are valued enough to receive it. A part of receiving love is feeling feel that you're valued enough to receive it. Understand your value and receive what God has for you. Okay. Is this too early for you? <laughs> How about this? You ready? The more you condemn yourself, the more the cross is a waste of your life. The more you condemn yourself, the more the cross is a waste to your life. Because remember, the, one of the things that converged was justice. He died so that you wouldn't have to punish yourself and so that you can live a free and new life. The old things have passed away. And behold, in front of you are the new things. The new you. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this slowly. Because it's very impactful. 
ultimately, ultimately, we will find that the evil we see can activate the love God placed in us. Because the only thing to combat evil is love. So when we see it, our love should be activated. And that love will activate forgiveness. And that forgiveness, justice. And then and only then will we see a resurrected life. We will find our own lives being resurrected from the death that sin has caused us. This evil-filled world today is in dire need of love, forgiveness, justice, and a resurrection. God placed that same resurrection power in each of us that we may converge those ingredients within us and spread them throughout the world. Jesus is coming back, people. He's coming back to bring the world out of chaos. As his ambassadors, we are his army. And he begins the process of resurrecting the world when he comes back through us in the here and now. Embrace what God has called you to do. There's hope out there. And the worst thing that you can ever do is not give hope to somebody who's in need of it. Hopelessness is a cancer that can destroy a society. Hopelessness is a cancer that can destroy a world. We are here to be, be hope bearers to this world that is in need. I pray that you got something out of it. That is what I call the convergence. We all deal with this. Evil, love, forgiveness, and justice. Those are four absolutes that we all have to be prepared to answer. And they were all answered at Calvary. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And before we rush out to home, our homes, restaurants, hanging out with family, I feel I need to pray. And I want to ask, uh, for all of us to ask this question. Are we truly living a resurrected life? This is, this is, we we got to look at ourselves and ask this question. Are we truly living a resurrected life? Or maybe some of you are saying that, yeah, 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 you're right, Pastor Jamal, I'm, I'm not truly living a resurrected life, and, and I, 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 I was challenged today. I want you to raise your hand. So I, I, I was challenged today, Lord. I want to live this resurrected life. I see those hands. I see those hands. I want you to put it over your heart. But there's some of you that might be in here and says, look, I just came because it's Easter. I just came because my, 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 my parents dragged me out. I, I came because my spouse dragged me out. I came because I didn't want to have an argument today. So it's easy just to come to church, endure a couple of minutes of church, and to go home and relax. 
If that's you and you, you see the target and say, wow, you know, I, I want to resurrect your life. Looking at this world today, I, I, I can't believe that this is it. There's got to be more, and I'm telling you, the more is Jesus. And if I'm talking to you, I want you to raise your hand. Say, I want that resurrected life. I came here and I was, you know, I came here just, just following through, through the motions. I want you to put your hand over your heart. As your head's bowed, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Dear God, I know I have sinned. I've been tempted to put things before you in my life. But this morning, I surrender my heart. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be the savior of my life and teach me to live the resurrected life. Teach me to live a bold life. Teach me to accept your great love. Teach me to accept your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I'm yours, Lord. Amen. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, and you said, look, I, just, I need to speak to a minister. You know, I, I was challenged today, and there's a little more than just raising my hand. I, I, need, I need to, you know, hash this out. I got my ministers over here. You got Minister Aaron, Lisa, and Minister Dario. Raise your hands, please. And they, they will talk to you. They'll hang out after service and just have some, a conversation with you because it needs to be a conversation so that you can go empowered into this walk with God, this resurrected life. Amen? Amen. I pray that you enjoyed the message today. Thank you for my son. He said he did. Everybody else. <laughs> you know, that's why I said I got five kids and I always have a membership that appreciates me no matter how, how I do. <laughs> Thank you. Father God, I pray for these individuals in this room. I pray that they will be able to go in to continue thinking about these things that you have challenged us to think about and how we can respond to the world when the world brings up the, the subject of evil. Or when the world brings up the subject of love. Or when the world brings up the subject of forgiveness. Or when the world brings up the subject of justice. That we can explain to them that only at one place all four were answered. So Lord, I pray that you just touch us to articulate our faith in a, an amazing dynamic way. We pray that you have your way. You're a great God, an awesome God. Protect us as we travel to and from each and every destination while we're hanging out with family and reminiscing. And, and, and Lord, let us be the light and salt in every environment that we're going to. We pray for travel and mercy that no harm will come to us or even the vehicles that we're driving in. So we pray and ask that your angels will start preparing our path. God, God, and govern us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Come on, say it like we mean it. Come on, church. Say it like we mean it. This Bible is our primary source of faith. This Bible is our rule of conduct. This Bible creates a lens that we see life through. As we leave this place, we never God's presence. 
Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless and thank you for spending your Sunday with us.